Okay, Shalom Aleichem everybody. We are continuing in our volume eight uh, and we'll be starting now, Shira number eight, uh, beginning the laws of uh, Tfilin. Okay, so uh, let's jump in straight away. There are many halachot of the um, of Tfilin. Many of them, as we'll see, are not explicit in the Torah or basically based on halacha l'moshem Sinai. Um, and many, uh, there are a few debates uh, amongst the Rishonim, and we'll see how that plays out halacha So let's begin with uh, a source that Rav Ghazi brings down from Rav Chaim Pelagi. And Rav Chaim Pelagi says as follows, Libi Omer, the reason for the extenuating exile is because our generations interesting he's saying that you know people are not careful about um, putting on tefillin now we won't read the whole source but he continues by saying that even people that do put on tefillin most of the tefillin are actually not uh, not kosher so uh he says, and, and, and people are making brachot lebatala, and they're just not careful with it. And he uh, says this has huge ramifications to the point of the reason for the exile. Now, the truth is, is that I think Baruch Hashem, in the modern day technology, our ability to make tefillin um, has, has uh, in, in a proper way, in the katikuna, has increased 20-fold or more than in the times of Rav Chaim Palaji and the Vilna Gaon and even the Mishnabura. And that's just because modern technology, and we'll see that actually there's certain machlokotri shonim that are the major factor that they are discussing is because they didn't, there wasn't a good process of how to make it um, in the correct way. And therefore some Rishonim said, well, since we don't have a good way of making it, we prefer uh, uh, to do uh, process X instead of process Y, even though process Y might have been more correct halachically. But since they didn't have the technology to do it, they preferred process X. And that might be different in today's time. So let's, uh, when we get there, we'll, we'll, we'll highlight those, those machlokot. So let's begin. The Torah says in two separate places, in Tvarim, in Parshat Va'etchan and in Ekev, and you will place them, you will tie them as a sign on your hand. And there will be totafot. We're not sure what the word totafot means. We've translated the translation of here is ornament. Between your eyes. Also, furthermore, in Perikud Aleph, you shall place these words. And on your hearts and your souls, and you shall tie them as a sign on your hands. It is still not so clear what, um, what we have to tie, what's included, what's not included. Very much, if you're just going by Torah, very difficult. If you don't have a Vesara, if people don't believe in Vesara, I had an argument with someone. Um, not a religious Jew, and he told me that he believes in the Torah Shebikhtab, he doesn't believe in the Torah Shebalpeh. So I said, so do you put on tefillin every day? He says, no. So I said, so what do you do with the, okay, so you don't have a, you don't have a Masorah, but 
What, what are you going to do with the pasuk? It says you got to tie it on your hand. What do you tie to your hand? A red string. What do you tie? So uh, I think it's very difficult for people that say that, you know, they believe in Zarashat Bikhtab. How do you understand these psukim if you don't have a Masara? Anyway, let's, uh, let's continue. And part of the Masara is the Halach Lamash Misinai brought down in the Gemara in Masechet Menachot Lamad Hay. The Amar of Hanana Amarat. Titura Ditfilin. Let's, let's go back a second and let's, uh, let's give a, a quick description of the, of the tefillin and then we'll read the Gemara. We know our tefillin are basically a, uh, sorry, I was meant to bring my tefillin today to the share, but I forgot. The tefillin um, are, are basically a blackhead box and then there's a, a wider platform underneath it. And at the back of the tefillin, there's like a, uh, an area which extends with a hole in it. And that's where we thread the, 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 the ritsua, the strap through. So you've got the actual box on the black box on the top. Then you've got a wider base. And you've got at the back of the tefillin, the extended area with a hole in it that you can uh, put the tefillin through. Those three components have different names. The titura, as we'll see, is basically the actual platform or base of the um, of the of the tefillin, the wider area. Then you have the actual tzitzah, or the, the bite itself, and then you have the ma'abarta, which is at the back of it. The, the that's easy to remember ma'abarta from the word ma'avar, right? A passageway. So that's where the strap is uh, thread through. Now, what are these three um, parts of the tefillin? Says the Gemara, Amar of Hanana, Amar of Titura the tefillin, that there is a base or platform of the tefillin is Halachal Hashem Sinai. Now, our tefillin, the base of it, if you look at your tefillin tomorrow, when you put on tefillin, you'll notice that the base is actually wider than the, than the bind. That is not clear from the Gemara that it has to be so. Okay, it doesn't say that anywhere. And as you'll see, it's actually Machloket Rishonim. Ma'abarta the tefillin, at the back of the tefillin, the, the passageway where we thread the strap through, halach l'moshem isina, it's also halach l'moshem isina, v'amar abaye, shin shel tefillin, halach l'moshem isina. That the shin over here that is written or engraved on both sides of the Tfilin Shal Rosh is also Halach Lamashim Sinai. What's not mentioned over here is the Yud and the Dalit. I'll just point that out. The, the Gemara in Masechet Menachot Lamed Hey, Lich Ora doesn't mention it, and we'll see that that's also Machloket Rishonim. Amar of Yitzchak. Ritzuot Shorot Halach Lamashim Sinai. That the straps have to be black also is Halach Lamashim Sinai. And tefillin merubaot halach l'moshem sinai, and that the tefillin have to be square is also halach l'moshem sinai. And betofran uba alach sonan. Rav explains that we're talking about square that both at the base and at the top, um, and if you draw a diagonal, that it is square. What is not mentioned is the heart, meaning it's not a perfect cube. A perfect cube would mean that both the length the width and the height have to be exactly the same. If that would be the case, that would be a perfect square. 
that is not an obligation. I, the heart can be a different, doesn't have to be, it can be much higher. The critical um, two measurements that have to be similar to each other of the length and the width. Okay. Now, look at Rashi. Rashi's understanding of how we make tefillin is different to how we make tefillin today. Look at Rashi. Titura. Titura, we said, was basically the, the bottom part of the, the um, platform. Geshe, says Rashi, Titura basically means a bridge. After you place the parchments in the separate um, uh, compartments, and in the open area, it's almost like a glove and that they're holes for you to put your fingers in. Now look how Rashi makes his tefillin. So if you almost imagine you've got the, the, the top part is where you've got your, um, your bayit, the, the square, and at the bottom part, and on all sides, you've got a piece of leather going out on all sides. So says Rashi, on three of the sides, you cut off the leather, right? Rashi says, basically, I take the fourth, if I have a piece of the leather that I made into a bite. And now on all four sides, I've got the, the leather continuing. I cut off from three sides. And the fourth side, I basically curl underneath and close it up and then stitch it together. And that is the titura, according to Rashi. According to how Rashi is describing it, it is clear that the platform is not wider than the actual bite. It is part of the bite. Right? And it is a continuation of the leather of the of the top part of the bite of the tzitzah. And, and now that's not how we make our filling today. Our filling today, the titura is wider. And this is actually a machloket between Rashi and Toswat. Rashi, Rashi holds that it has to be uh, basically it's part of the, the top part of the leather is then folded over. Toswot says it's a separate piece of leather. Now, Toswot's claim of why they, they thought it was, yeah, let's just look at the picture over here. Here you can see the shin, obviously. Here you see the ma'abarta, the, the passageway. This is the titura. So here you can see very clearly that the titura, the platform, is wider than the actual tzitzah, than the actual bite over here. This is, not this is not how Rashi understood it. Rashi understood that I have a piece of leather coming off over here from this part. And basically I fold it underneath. I basically fold it underneath and that's how I close up my tefillin. And obviously I leave a part for the, for the ritzua, but that is, that is the platform. So this whole area over here, according to Rashi, doesn't, doesn't exist.
Tosfot disagreed. Tosfot said that basically this is a separate part. That, I mean, it can be from the top part, but it doesn't have to be. Now, Tosfot's main claim on Rashi, why did he, Tosfot, feel that it was a problem to make it from the continuation of the leather from the bite over here? Tosfot says, because if you pull the bite, if you pull the leather underneath, the shape of the square will be ruined. Meaning, according to Tosfot, there was no technological way of, of basically taking the flap of the leather and, and, and folding it underneath and not pulling it without, without ruining the square. Now, this is obviously in the times of, of when they only used tefillin uh, dakot, about soft, soft leather, and they didn't have our technology. But when we have our technology, there is no problem of basically using the same piece of leather and basically going over. But we still make it a, a wider platform as we have today. But again, according to Rashi, that would not seem to be the um, that would not uh, that would not seem to be uh, needed or maybe even correct. But that's how our feeling are basically a shiluv. Uh, we, we converge both the, the opinion of Tfid, of, of Rashi and of uh, Tosfot. Um, okay, so now um, the next part is a very important din of the uh, Shin. And here, we are, we, we, the, the way we're going to analyze this Gemara is basically going to lead to a huge machloket between Rashi and Tosfot of the nature of the Shin the Dalad and the Yud. Let's, let's look over here. How's the tiny Rav Yosef? Rav Yosef made a statement. Now, Rav Yosef is obviously an Amora. So if he's going to tell me something, it's something that I didn't know beforehand, meaning it wasn't clear from the Mishnayot or the Brightot that Rav Yosef has to come and teach me something new. What does Rav Yosef come and teach me? Says Rabbi Yosef that anything that was used for the sake of heaven, i.e. using something for the mitzvah, you're using some type of leather, it has to come from a kosher animal. Why do I need Rabbi Yosef, who is a third generation Amora, to teach me this? Regarding, so says what, what's it coming to teach me? For tefillin, to, to tell me that my tefillin have to be made out of a kosher animal, tefillin behedya ketiv bahu. Tefillin is explicit in the Torah. Lamant Torah Hashem And Chazal already, the Tanaim learned from that. Min hamutar Meaning that since the tefillin have to be lamant Torah Hashem and the Torah says, Chazal learned that. What does it mean, beficha? Min hamutar beficha. Something that you theoretically could have eaten. So it's clear that the tefillin have to be made from kosher animals. So I want to clarify. At this stage in the Gemara, when it's referring to tefillin, it's referring to the parchment on which we write the parashiyot. So it's clear that the parashiyot have to be made from on parchment, written on parchment from a kosher animal. I don't need Rav Yosef for that. Says the Gemara, you're right. Ela Oran. Rav Yosef's chidush is that the leather 
the outside leather, not the leather that we wrap the parchment on, but the outside leather that we make the bait from also has to be from a kosher animal. We already know that there's a shin that is written on the uh, on, on the Tfilin Shorosh, which has to be which is Now, if we're writing a shin, the shin basically is writing a letter. If we've already established that the parashiyot, which contain letters, have to be made from a kosher animal, then I would assume that also the leather where I'm going to write a shin also has to be from a kosher animal. So says the Gemara, you're right. Meaning that when we when we we tie the the we sew the twilling together, it has to be done with sinews and hair of a kosher animal. It's also Now, if something is the Gemara assumes that it has to come from a kosher animal, and I don't need Rabbi Yosef to tell me that. So then what does the Gemara say? The Chidush of Rabbi Yosef is that the Ritzuot, that the straps of the twilin also have to be don't we know that the straps also have to be black? Is So answer the Gemara that they have to be black is But who says that they have to be kosher? So this is the Kiddush of Rabbi Yosef. Now I just want to highlight this the the the, the stages of this Gemara because as we'll see, it's a huge machloket rishonim. And it has halachalamaise ramifications. And, and the reason why I want to stress the, the stages of this Gemara is because this is the major kashya of Tosfot on Rashi. The Gemara started off by saying that Rabbi Yosef told me that Tfilin have to be kosher from a kosher animal. The Gemara originally assumed that it must be the actual parchment. The Gemara says, I don't need Rabbi Yosef for that. Then it said it must be the outer leather. The Gemara said, ah, but I got a shin for that. So obviously I don't need Rabbi Yosef for that. Then it said the sinews. And finally, we come to the conclusion that is referring to the straps. Now, that is a very important distinction between the straps and the second stage of the Gemara, the shin. Keep that in mind because this is going to lead us to a big machloket between Rashi and Tosfot regarding the knots of our tefillin. Okay, but in the meantime, let's just keep it as that. And, and, and please, God, when we come back to the knots, we'll go back to this Gemara. Okay. Now, let's just read through the 10, some say eight different uh, way you counted. What has to be Allah Number one, it has to be written uh, with dio, some type of ink that uh, Chazal point out is uh, based on Rambam, Yerushalmi, etc. And it has to be written on parchment. And it has to have a base called the titura. It has to have a ma'abarita. We said the extended back where you can thread the strap through. And they have to be square. Um, and uh, what else? They, we have to have a shin we saw and the shin and they have to be black. We have to see what is considered uh, black. Um, okay. There are other other but let's go through each one independently. Now look, look at this picture over here. 
the this is the knot at the back of the twinning. If you'll notice, um, it looks like a mem. Uh, this is uh, looks like a mem. Now we don't see anywhere, no one mentions anywhere the word mem. What we have is the word dalit. So let's go back now to Rashi. Rashi says, Shin, um, Shin Let's look at Shin Shaltfilin. Lebait Chitzena or Sinkmin Kmatim Dakim Beklap and Irinboka ain Shin. That you engrave on the sides, Main Shin. Uh, cut off the Rashi from there. So we'll find the Rashi uh, going forward. Okay, let's see. The Beit Yosef says as follows The Pereka comets, Tanya, Kotvin al Arba Orot, Umenichan, the Arba Batim, the Orechat. The pshat over here is that you write four pieces of parchment and you put them in this, call it the frame, we'll call it the frame, the outer leather is the frame, which has four compartments, but the outer leather, the outer frame is, although it's four compartments, it's made from one piece of leather. So it's like a, almost a wavy kind of thing together and then you, then you just uh, stick it together. The katuv the sefer atruma, but the sefer atruma says sheyu ha arba batim mechubarim yachad meorechad. Explanation number one is that the the actual piece of the frame, the outer leather, has to be made from one piece of leather. Oshema me arba orot. Possibility number two, four separate pieces of leather. Although they are true for him but then you just have to sew them together. But it's preferable, according to the Sefer Truma, to make it out of one piece of leather. Now, in the times of, even up until the times of, uh, um, you know, a hundred years ago, part of the challenge over here was, if you're going to make it from one piece of leather, how are you going to keep the shape of the, of the square? Meaning if you've got four separate pieces and you can then sew it together, it's easier to keep it uh, parallel and aligned. If you're using one piece and you're sewing it to keep the square in shape was slightly more difficult. Now, it's not clear. It's clear that according to the Sefer Atuma, it's preferable to use one piece. And according to the first opinion in the Beit Yosef, definitely it's one piece. But there's a technological problem that, you know, this process leads to other problems. And that is that you might ruin the square. Look at the Yalkut Yosef. That is preferable to use one piece of leather. To fulfill it according to everybody. But according to the strict letter of the law, you would take four pieces and join them together would be okay. Now says the Yalkut Yosef, even though the top part has to be from one piece of, um, of leather, the bottom part, the titura, doesn't have to be. Now notice, this is not the shita of 
Rashi that we saw earlier. Ela afiloim who or kasher. Rashi basically said, I just take an extended part and fold it over. But the other Rishonim understood that it was a separate piece of leather and acted as a platform and was actually wider than the actual bayit. The chain min hagawalam says the Yalkutis of the Zakri Amina. I think today um, the, the, the new twilling factories make the whole thing out of one piece of leather because they're able to do it and it's not going to cause any of the problems that Tosfot were worried about that how you're going to keep the uh, how you're going to keep the squareness of it but if you're going to do it from one piece of leather and definitely Tosfot says that if you do the titura the bottom part with the same piece of leather, you're going to go out of shape. Today, with our gasot, with the hard way of how we make the twillin, it is less of a problem, and therefore, theoretically, you can make the entire twillin. And I think that is, I think that's how they make the twillin today. I'm not sure, but I, I think that's how they make it. Um, okay, let's move on to the size of the actual uh, twillin. You know, some people you'll have them that they're walking around with. Uh, with a building on their head. What is the, the right size? Others you can hardly see. Orech v'rochav abatim v'govhan ein lo shiur. Says the Shulchan Aruch, there's no minimum or maximum size. Now, the truth is we have seen, um, we have seen that the Gemara says, we know that you can fit two tefillin on one's head. So we know that, you know, they don't have to be that big. But the Gemara didn't give a minimum size or maximum size. And here the Shulchan Aruch is basically telling us there's no minimum, there's no maximum. However, says Mishabur, Mikol Makom, the Zin all in Siman Lamed Bet, Nachon Lachush Ledivre Hagoine, She Sobrin Shelechatchila Loya Seotan Ktanim Me Etzbaim Al Etzbaim Vahainu Im Hatitura, meaning that according to the Goanim, the minimum size is two fingers by two fingers, including the titura. Now, according to the Goanim, the titura was actually wider than the head. According to Rashi, it wasn't. So when we're talking about two fingers, um, the actual bite is even smaller than that. That if the whole thing is only one uh, uh, finger, uh, which is approximately one centimeter, this is quite interesting because we saw, at least according to the Shulchan Aruch, there's no minimum size. But here, the Achronim say there is a minimum size. That uh, he, he was melamed on them. Uh, now, it's, uh, I forgot uh, to, to, to basically be Michael that if it's more than one finger, it's okay, as opposed to the Goinim who said that it needs to be two fingers. That you shouldn't go less than what the Goinim said. Two fingers is the minimum, including the titura. Now, the Mishnah says something else. It says, listen, you got such small tefillin. The chances that the writing on the parchment is kosher is uh, very questionable. Just it's too small. And therefore, 
he thinks that one should definitely be very careful about this. Even though according to the Shulchan Aruch, there's no minimum share, we saw according to the Ko'inim, there is a minimum share, and the Mishaburah is Mahmoud um, for that. I think most of the Gasot today definitely are at least uh, at least uh, three fingers. Um, uh, some of them are four, some of them are five, but you know that's generally the minimum. So our feeling today really are a lot better than, than anything in, in previous generations in terms of how we're making them, the size, uh, they really are a standard. Now, this is another challenge that generations before us had, and that is the requirement of the tefillin to be square. We saw before Tana, and Amar Papa, that they're basically um, in its seams and the diagonals. So basically the top part and the bottom part of the bite have to basically be a square. Length and width at the top and the bottom have to be square. Says the Gemara, you make your tefillin round, uh, it's a danger and it's not mitzah. The Papa says, that's not a proof. Why? Because our Mishnah over there could have been referring to the base of the of the twilin, the titura, that that should be flat and not uh, not round. But who says that the top part have to be square? That is the chiddush of the brighter. Okay. Now Rashin, um, when he says over here, let's. Uh, this isn't a critical machloket between Rashi and Tosfot. So let's let's move on to the Beit Yosef. The Beit Yosef says as follows, Matzati betshuva Ashkenazit, referring to the tshuva of the Maharam of Rottenberg. Afalgav degav etzitzit, kaim alay, shim nitku mechotea arav ad shelon ishar kishir mena keren, that we saw that regarding the, the tzitzit, that if the, the threads became uh, broken, that there's no left, uh, there's no minimum shear left, kasher, now, if you remember, we had a we, we, we when we we're learning the halachot of tzitzit, we pointed out that regarding tzitzit, it's very interesting. The Torah focuses twice in different parashiyot, and one of the parashiyot that says va'asulaim tzitzit means that it focuses on the actual process of making the tzitzit, and we saw that according to the Ritva. One of the conditions that we that the Gemara says uh, of tzitzit, it has to belong to you. We saw that according to the Ritva, that is a condition when you are making the tzitzit. But once the tzitzit have already been made, and it's a chetzah shel mitzvah, those criteria, those conditions no longer apply. That was the shit of the Ritva. But, what, but the Maharam of Rotenberg is saying the same point, but regarding a different halacha. The fact that you have to make them in a certain way, and if afterwards they become ruined, nishkafelach is specific to tzitzit because the Torah emphasizes how you have to make them. That's when the Torah was very makbid regarding all different halachot, according to the Ritva, it's regarding ownership, according to the Maharam of Rutenberg, it's regarding. Uh, if it can't be too detached from the end of the, the garment. 
אבל תפילין מרובעות הלך למה שמסינה בכל שייט בעין אפילו מרובעות. However, when it comes to תפילין, I can't say, listen, I bought them in the shop, they were perfectly square. Now that they become ruined, נשקפלך. Says the Maram of Rothenberg, that is a din in tzitzit, it's not a din in tefillin. Regarding tefillin, every single time you put on your tefillin, you have to make sure that they still kosher, meaning that they are still square. Now this is very, very critical because basically, if we accept the opinion of Maram of Rothenberg, it's not good enough that I bought them mahadrin min mahadrin from the tefillin shop. Every morning, I've got to make sure that my tefillin are still square. How does the Shulchan Aruch Paskin? Asa'ah merubaot. You made your tefillin square. V'achar zman nitkalkel ribuan. And afterwards they became messed up, which was very, very common for tefillin that were made out of dakot, out of soft leather. Leather. Yeish mi shomer shetzarich l'rabat. Ayy. The Shulchan Aruch brings him as a yeish mi shomer, but... If we're learning at the laws of the Shulchan Aruch, he doesn't bring another opinion. So although he says, Yesh Mishomer, and usually when there's a Yesh Mishomer, then we don't necessarily follow that. That's if he gives another opinion, which is Stam. But yeah, he didn't bring another opinion. So why, so he says it because only the, the, the Maram of Rutenberg highlighted this halacha, but it seems that this is the halacha lemaise, according to the Shulchan Aruch, which leads us to a problem, meaning, if my tefillin aren't perfectly square, they puzzle. Now we have to work out how do we define square? I mean, do I need to get out a ruler um, and, and start measuring every morning? Look at the Mishnaburah. The Mishnaburah says, Kagon shenitakmu habatim mizrach We're talking about that the four compartments have separated that instead of them being like this perpendicular to each other, they, they're going like that. And, and, and I've almost got a shape of, um, of a, I think it's called the pentagon, right? Or a hexagon, whatever it is. But the point is that it's, uh, it's not, no, sorry, not a pentagon, not a hexagon, it's a triumph, whatever. I can't remember the exact uh, shape, but it's not a square. Right? The point is that it's wider at the top and, and shorter at the bottom, and they're going one to the right, one's going to the left. That is what we're talking about. But then the Mishaburah adds a second possibility. Or, that the corners have lost their sharpness completely. To the point where it's basically become round. Or third possibility, that the titura, the base, has lost its shape of being a ribu, uh, of a square. Now let's just analyze all three of those possibilities according to the Mishaburah. Possibility number one is basically something that we don't find today very often, that the head of your twinning is actually going to be pointing it different directions, obviously that's going to be possible. But the second and third is basically that the corners have lost their sharpness and now it looks round. So what's the definition of losing a sharpness and looking and, and it's uh, going round? Look over here, 
the in point number two, the edges of the batim become rounded, meaning that they get worn out slightly so that they are no longer completely straight and sharp. Now this, even after our very good technology, could be a problem for many people's tefillin, right? Um, obviously not as problematic as a hundred years ago. hundred years ago, when they were all making their tefillin out of Dakot, that was happening left, right, and center. You know, there wasn't a tefillin, a piece of, a pair of tefillin that after three months wasn't looking like that. I don't know, it was three months, three years. What did the Aruch HaShulchan have to say about this? He says like this. What we said above, like, you know, it's going shooting out in different places. Some people want to say that Shabbat need that it's the sharpened corners have lost their sharpness and they now look like uh, rounded sat on their corners that is problematic that's going to puzzle our uh, tefillin and then says the Mishnah the Aruch HaShulchan I don't accept this uh, this second category says listen the fact that it's not sharp but it's still you still got it so instead of it being 30 uh, whatever, 30 millimeters uh, length and 30 meters width. It's now 28 and 28. So it's not so sharp, but it still keeps the shape of the square. Uh, he says as follows in the bolded line. The fact that it's not sharp, it loses its status as a square. If you ask anyone, uh, ask a kid that's learning shapes, what shape is this? He'll tell you it's a square. The fact that it's not sharp at the end doesn't make any difference. And this is, um, uh, he says as follows, the Ikari does if you Shabbat. The Ikari is that basically you've got, uh, um, you know, perpendicular things like that. He says the fact that the sharpness is lost is not a problem. And then he says a different reason. It's impossible. It's impossible that they won't lose a bit of their sharpness and the Torah wasn't given to angels. Now, the truth is, is that I'm not so convinced that the Aruch HaShulchan and Mishabura are having a serious machlok. Because people want to say that according to the Mishabura, you know, if you lose the sharpness, you're in trouble. But according to the Aruch HaShulchan, it's not a problem. But if you look at the wording of the Mishabura, let's just go back to the Mishabura for a second over here. Mishabura says, or not so, uh, that it got lost a bit. So I'm not even sure that there's actually a machloket between the Aruch HaShulchan and the Mishnabura. I think even the Mishnabura would agree with the Aruch HaShulchan. But that will leave for uh, also your local uh, rabbinic authority. I, I'm not convinced that there's a machloket between the Mishnabura and Aruch HaShulchan. The bottom line is that P.K. Shuvat says as follows. These questions. Maskanot ha'alachal pidibrea bira ha'alachal v'shag dolei ha'poskim is as follows. Pegimot oblitot b'chudea zaviyot shel ha'titura o ha'bayit. If you've got indentations or damage, yesh l'achush kol shenifgam k'shiur chagirat ha'tziporen. If the 
is jutting out one millimeter, you should fix it. But the Yevet, Kasher, Lebracha, today, Kosher, Loni, Kakel, Tzorah, As long as you can still see the shape, it's still good to go. Um, but then he says, Nifgam b'chod ha-zavit ha-bayit l'ma'le v'naseh k'igul, yesh yoter l'akpid l'takno. That if the actual tzitza is rounded, there's more room to be makpid. Ach gam b'zeh yesh l'izkot sh'lo nitna t'ra'a l'malachir ha-sharet, v'kilkul ha-zavit ha-bayit and it's definitely going to go out of shape slightly. Below Tamid Mizdamen Latakmo Miyad, Venomar Zeshem Sum Flat. He says you can still put on your Twilin and you can still make a bracha, but you should fix it. The bottom line is today, with our Gasot, most of these problems have been alleviated, but there is still room. Sometimes they, your Twilin gets hit uh, and, and, and could have um, get some type of Gima. Uh, indentation, then one has to check that it's not possible. Okay, we we are uh, running out of time, so let's move on very quickly. The requirement of the retort, this is also a very that the the straps have to be black, and this is also, Gemara We found the brighter that basically says that you, you know basically need to use the same uh, material of the straps as the actual bayit, as but it can be any color. So says the Gemara, Lokasha, can be clean, can be bachut. When it, it has to be black, it's the what's facing outside. The the strap that is facing inside, that can be any color. Other than red, because uh, red might be a problem. How does the uh, how does the Rambam Pachkin? That the color of the straps have to be black. But the back of the straps, since no one can see them, they can be any color, green, white, whatever. Okay, we have a problem that they're going to be red. Won't go into all the details of what the problem was, but there were different chashashot. Here the Rambam adds a mishpat, a sentence that is going to cause a huge problem for us. He says, the back of the retzua can be any color, but it must be the same color as the actual tefillin themselves. Green, no problem. What? No problem. And then he says, And it's best that the actual bite is also made of black. Meaning, if I want to summarize the Rambam, the Rambam holds two halachot. Halacha number one is only the straps have to be black. However, the inside of the strap and the actual tefillin by themselves can be any color, let's say, other than red, okay? Any color. And then halacha number three is that whatever color the straps are on the inside must be matching the color of your tefillin. So according to the Rambam, my straps on the inside don't have to be black. They can be any color. But they have to be the color of my of my matfilin, my, my, my the actual bite. Now, if, according to Tosvot, Tosvot has the opposite shita. 
Tosfot says, Retsuot shkorot halach lamashum isinai, if the straps have to be halach lamashum isinai, vakeivan de matrich shiyur retsuot shkorot, kamoak tzitza, similar to the actual bayit, kol shekein de beinan shiyur tohorot, definitely they need to be kosher from a kosher animal similar to the bite, meaning that according to Tosvot, the bite definitely has to be black as well. How does it, so, so according to the Rambam, you know, we can have, uh, we can have white filling, yeah? And according to Tosvot, Mapitom, you have to have black filling. What Tosvot doesn't mention is that the inside of the Ritsua has to be the same color as the actual filling themselves. As opposed to the Rambam. So, what do we do with this cholent over here? It says the Shulchan Aruch. How do we paskin? Arachaim Lamed Gimel. Halach lamashu misinai shiyu aretsuot shchorot mi bachutz. Aval mitzad p'tim yasem ezet sevesh yirte. You can make whatever color you want. Chutz mi adom other than red. Shemi yiru shemi dam chatatav benitzbu veidim. Because we worry that basic comes from bleeding of these wounds or other things, and we don't want people to to misjudge it. Then since the Shulchan Aruch, or habatim mitzvah la soto shachor, there's a mitzvah to make it black. Now, what did the Shulchan Aruch not mention? The Shulchan Aruch basically says like this: I accept that the straps on the outside have to be black, and inside can be any color. The actual tefillin themselves, it's a mitzvah; one should make it black, not just as the Rambam says. No, seems to be his passing like the Tosfot. What about the inside of the straps? According to the Rambam, whatever color the inside of the straps are, they have to be the same color as my bayit. Meaning, if I'm going to accept the chumrah of Tosvot and make my, my tefillin black, according to the Rambam, inside of the straps also have to be black. Black. We, it seems to be that people didn't uh, went back with on the sheet of the Rambam. Look at the Mishra Mishnah Bura says it's only a mitzvah, meaning it's not a problem. This is as we saw the shit of Tosfa. That according to the Vilgon, this is Mamish. If you don't have your actual twin in black, it's going to be Passel Halachalam Hashem so unless you don't have any other pair of filling, you should be machmed. Now, what about the inside of our straps? If we now paskin that our actual filling have to be black, what about the insides of the straps? Says Shara Kavanot, that result. That result, now that result is not following the sheet of the Rambam. That result telling me a different thing that the straps have to be black both on the outside and the inside and the Benish Chai says like this going to the Kabbalah they have to be black as a raven says the Benish Chai we didn't have such a minah what about the, the Hasidim in Yerushalayim Bottom line, the Benish Chai is dealing it from the Pshita of the Ariza. 
But as we've seen, there's another reason to be machmir, and that is the fit of the Rambam. Meaning that according to the Rambam, I don't, you know, they don't have to be black. But if you're making your bayit black, then the inside of your tefillin have to be black. What does Rav Olson say? They didn't have this requirement. It says, had some reason. Why should we change the aloha? But if people, individuals want to do it, they'll be get brocha. But I, I'm not asking that we need to, to put out in public that everyone should go and paint inside of their, their straps. Interesting, I changed my finish straps a few years ago. Uh, and I want what I want. Do I want uh, both sides black or not? So I wasn't really holding in the sugya. Uh, and I was worried about changing the minak. But then I thought, it's not really changing that. It's just like, I don't know, maybe it was so expensive in the times of the Rishonim to find black uh, paint or whatever it is. But in you know, it's, it's, it's nothing. Anyway, so I got them both painted, both in the both the, both the the inside and the outside of black. But now that I'm looking at the sugya, there's another reason to be machved. And that is the shit of the Rambam. That, you know, if you don't do this, according to the Rambam, there might be a problem. Anyway. I wouldn't say that anyone needs to change their, their mind, but when I'm buying a trillion for my for my kids, now Dafka do do both sides. Now because I think uh, for many for many things, the ability for us to be macped on these halachot because of the process of it making being made so easy in our generation, the Rishonim didn't have the to take on all these chumras. As we saw, how Rashi and Rabbeinu Tami, how they make them. And we don't say people say screaming up and down, oh, we being mechadesh, some things that the Rishonim didn't do. Nachon, because the Rishonim, they weren't able to make the tefillin that way, but we are able. So I think also regarding the straps, yesh makom yesh makom obviously not as a chiyuf, but uh, there is room to be beeping. Um, uh, okay. The last thing that I want to discuss today, oh, we're running out of time, is the kesher of the tefillin, the kesher on the Rosh and the kesher on the Yud. This is actually a huge machloket between Rashi and Toswat that I wanted to go back in the, the, the beginning of our Gemara, uh, the first Gemara, and let's see it. I'm Rav Yudah, I'm Rav, Eshmol, Bar Shilot, Mishmei, the Rav, kesher shall tefillin, alacha lemosha misinai. It just says kesher shall tefillin. Now we saw shin shall tefillin, alacha lemosha misinai, and now we say kesher shall tefillin, there are other girsaot where it says Dalit shall tefillin and Yud shall tefillin and that's going to be a discussion between Rashi and Tosfot. Rashi holds as follows: Kesher shall tefillin. Sheyasima rotsuata roshmiyan sheyay Dalit. That at the back of your tefillin you have to tie it in a way that it shows a Dalit. Kedai sheyay shakai shin Dalit Yud nirei alehen. According to Rashi, there are three letters that we have in our tefillin. The one is the shin, that is engraved. The other is the dalet, that is in the knot on the rosh. And the third is the yud, that is the knot that we uh, on, on the hand. According to Rashi, those three letters make up the word shakai, shadai. 
And according to Rashi, obviously this is critical, right? And Rashi in another place explains why did Tfilin Shal Rosh have a greater Kedusha than Tfilin Shal Yad? Because Tfilin Shal Yosh have the word Shin, the letter Shin and Dalit. And Tosfot basically disagrees with Rashi completely. Tosfot says, yes, Keshav Shal Tfilin is Alach Lomosh Misina. Where did you get a Dalit from and where did you get a Yud from? Tosso said, first of all, that's not the gears in the Gemara. There is a gears in the Gemara. So he told that that's not a gears. And Tosso proves it from the original Gemara that we said. Remember, Rav Yosef says that, a co that the Komalech Shamayim have to be made from a kosher animal. And the Gemara first said, what's it referring to? Parchment? I don't need Rav Yosef for that. The Batim? I don't need Rav Yosef for that. The Because um, of the Shin. The uh, sinews, I don't need Rav Moshe for that. Uh, Rav Yosef for that. So it must be the Ratsuot. must be the straps. Ask Tosvot on the Shita of Rashi. If it is true that you need a Dalit and you need a Yud, then they are equivalent to the Shin. And the Gemara said, maybe Rav Yosef was referring to, referring to the leather. But the Gemara threw that out because it had a shin. And if there's a letter shin, obviously it has to be from a kosher animal. Says Tosvat, if you, according to Yurashi, the straps also have a letter Dalit and Yud, then that, why did the Gemara need Rav Yosef? The Gemara should have said, I don't need Rav Yosef for that, for the same reason of shin. And so says Rabbein Tam, that there is a kosher, but the Dalit and Shin is not, the Dalit and Yud is not Ma'akev. And this is obviously very important. According to Rashi, if you don't have a Dalit, you don't have a Yud, Ma'akev, you're feeling a parcel. According to Rabbeinu Tam, not at all. According to Rashi, the reason why Tfilin Shalrosh or more Kadosh is because you have the Dalit. According to Toswat, the reason that the Tfilin Shalrosh or more holy is because they are revealed as opposed to. It tells what the twin shell yard have to be covered. Rashi makes no obligation to cover the twin shell shell yard. Right? So you see that this machloket on how you define the 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 the, the, the dalid and the yud actually have many many uh, ramifications between this machloket between Rashi and Tosfot. Let's just finish. What is the Allah Kalamayseh? That that the the um, the knot of the yud is towards the body. Now it's very important that the knot actually be um, be close to the heart. Why is it so important? Sometimes you you, know, you left your tefillin at home and you're a left-handed uh, you're a righty, so you put the tefillin on your left hand, or you you take a svari um, tefillin. Now if you if you start tying it the way they tie, you want to tie it the way you tie it. The critical thing is to maybe you're going to tie it to still make sure that the you take a lefty's fill-in and you try and put it on your on your left hand, right? The knot is going to be on the outside. So you actually have to turn it around. It's quite, it's quite complicated. But the, the important thing is to make sure that the knot is close to your heart. Another thing that I want to just point out is um, we've got four minutes. So I'm just going to say it outside. Everyone's talking about a dalit. But we saw in the, the picture that we saw before that it looked like a mem. It looked like a mem, right? Um, and, and, and many of the twillin are mem. And the truth is, this is a huge machloket 
Right, here we go. Here we go. Here's the picture. Looks like a man. So what, what is, I mean, everyone talks about a dalit, but if you look at your feeling, or most people's feeling, or many people's feeling, there's a man. It's a big machloket. Go'onim, rishonim, achronim. When it says a dalit, does it mean a double dalit, or does it mean a single dalit? This is a machloket going way, all the way back to the go'onim. The go'onim seems to be that the earliest masorah that we have is the double dalit, meaning looks more like a mem. However, later achronim, some preferred. It seems that the Mishra prefers a dalit. Um, it seems that more svardim go with an actual dalit, more Ashkenazim go with the mem. But there's a machloket with even in the Ashkenazim and even in, in the Svaridim. As I said, Mishra seems to prefer the dalit. But the achronim, after the Mishra says that the book that he's quoting, who prefers the Dalit, the Tiferet uh, Moshe, I think it was, actually was said the opposite, that it should be a man. Anyway, Eilu Eilu Divrei Elokim Chaim, Yotze with this, Yotze with that, um, that the car is that we should have the Bizochet to put on Tfilin and not Chas Vashonon be a Karkafta, the Lom Malach Tfilin, and Yotze with all of the Shitot. Yashakwach will continue with this uh, next week and then we'll move on to Rosh Hashanah. I think we've got two, at least two weeks before Rosh Hashanah. So week before Rosh Hashanah, we'll deal with Hilchot uh, Rosh Hashanah. Okay, any questions? No. Okay, thank you for listening. Yashakwach, go to.